This is your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. So much to get to today. I got Rod Carew on the show, Hall of Famer Rod Carew. To my knowledge, the first Hall of Famer I've had on this show. I have to go back and double check that, but uh, very cool to talk to Rod Carew about all that he's got going on right now and to talk about baseball. Talk some, you know, just what's what about the game today? What does he like? What does he not like? What are his thoughts on baseball in 2021? So we'll get to that in just a little bit. A new twist in the Josh Donaldson, Garrett Cole back and forth. Um, they should face each other tonight, by the way, that that situation coming to a head after Josh Donaldson more or less accusing Garrett Cole of cheating. And uh, Garrett Cole had a response to that on Tuesday. We'll hear some audio from that. But first, what did I miss? It's the story that keeps on giving. Nah, not the not the Josh not not the Josh Donaldson Garrett Cole, and that that one keeps giving too. But that one's only given for a few days. Um, it's the the, the Aaron Rodgers story is what I'm talking about here. Aaron Rodgers skipping the first day of minicamp on uh, on Tuesday with the Packers. Not unexpected. People thought that's what he was going to do. That was going to be the next escalation in this kind of back and forth with he and Green Bay. But uh, now the Packers are starting to to get a full taste of life without Aaron Rodgers, and it's not pretty. <laughs> I don't know how much you, uh, whether you're listening and you're a Packers fan and you, you followed this, you know, intently with, you know, a pit in your stomach, or if you're a Vikings fan and you followed, you know, uh, on Tuesday with, uh, you know, with glee in some way, but, you know, no Aaron Rodgers at minicamp means the other quarterbacks get a lot of work. And, you know, frankly, Jordan Love, Needs a lot of work. He's a young quarterback, and I'm not saying that because he's. I don't think he's ever going to be any good. I'm saying that because young quarterbacks just do need the work. Matt Lafleur said as much on uh, on Tuesday. The head coach of the Packers. Here, here's a quote from Matt Lafleur on him getting on on Jordan Love getting a lot of the uh, the first team work. Quote: He needs every rep he can get right now. He's a young quarterback that was not afforded a preseason last year. Give him as many as he can handle. I just think every rep he takes is so valuable, and he can be learning something from the good and the bad. Sounds like from uh, from Rob Domovsky, ESPN staff writer, his Twitter feed. Um, there was a lot of it was a mixed bag, I guess, but there was probably more bad than good on Tuesday. He charted uh, charted all of his throws in the team drills. Twelve of twenty three. That's probably not going to get it done in uh, you know on Sundays again though. This is uh, this is right now we're on June 9th. That was June eighth. So long way to go on that. Also had a failed two minute drill. Blake Bortles also took some snaps for the Packers uh, in in uh, in minicamp. So not great. Underscoring you know if, if Aaron Rodgers wanted to prove a point by being away. You know, more than just being upset. If you wanted to prove how good he is, well, he did that probably by uh, by his absence, by by them getting a longer look at his at the, at the potential future without without Aaron Rodgers and the succession plan that they put into place when they drafted Jordan Love in 2020. David Bakhtiari, really good offensive lineman for the Packers, friend of Aaron Rodgers, was asked about you know kind of everything that's going on right now. I thought he had a good quote, so I want to play that for you right now. I care about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, from a friend perspective, whatever he wants to do, whatever the situation that comes out, I will never hold any grudge against him. Uh, that is my friend. That is someone that I've appreciated. And he has done a lot for this organization and a lot for me as an individual. Now, as a teammate, I would be idiotic to say that I don't want the MVP back. Uh, he's the MVP of the league last year. He's done amazing things as from the quarterback perspective, our quarterback position, but not only um, for the franchise. So, uh, Absolutely. Uh, spending time with him. I do give him jabs. 
but uh, it's in all good and fun. I've definitely voiced to him. I'm like, you know what, whatever happens, look, it's out of my control. The situation is between you and the organization, and that's where it's going to stay. Packers receiver Devontae Adams maybe even took it a step further. Quote, I've got his back through everything, so he knows that. At the end of the day, if there's ever a wonder if he's lost a teammate or something because of all that's come out, he knows where I stand. I'll stand on the mountain and scream on the mountaintop that I've got his back. I omitted a word that uh, that would get me in trouble if I said it, but uh, let, let it be known that Devontae Adams is a Aaron Rodgers supporter. And uh, the interesting part right now is how this has the potential now to divide the team in a certain way. Not not in a, you know, not in a us versus them kind of way, but if you get other players now mad at the Packers and the Packers management because of how this whole situation has been handled, if you've got their best wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers in the game, you know, basically saying, I don't think it's disrespectful to say I, you know, I don't think it's disrespectful to say I I, I support Aaron Rodgers. I think, uh, you know, I think anybody would want this player back. I think that's fair. But also at the end of the day, he's going to be unhappy if Aaron Rodgers ends up leaving and he said and he and he believes that the fault lies with the way the Packers handles this. So just another subplot to watch in all this. If the fallout from this, how does it affect other players in the Packers, regardless of how this whole situation plays out? Plenty more to come on that, of course. More mini camp the rest of the week. I'm sure we'll hear from other players, probably hear from, you know, other other members of the organizations this goes on. But uh the story that keeps on giving, you guys, and we'll see where it ends from here. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Really excited today to have Hall of Famer Rod Carew on Daily Delivery a lot of things going on in uh, in Rod's life that I want to talk to him about. Rod, how are you today? Well, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I've, my my dad upstairs, the good Lord is really taking care of me and uh, blessing me at the same time. And you've got, you know, at, a, at an age, you know, you're 75, at an age when a lot of people are sitting still, it sure seems like you have a lot of projects going. So maybe right off the jump, talk to me about uh, your book and, and some of the other endeavors that you're that you're that you're taking on right now. Well, some of the, the key things are, you know, like doing things for uh, childhood cancer. Um, I've spent the last 20 years doing that since my youngest daughter passed away from leukemia. Right. And she made me promise that I would continue to fight. So, you know, I, I'm still doing a lot for kids that are uh, facing these these uh, different blood diseases today. And... Um, you know, I'm, I'm still in baseball a little bit with the Twins. I've been working with the Twins for the last 15 years. I go to spring training with them, work with the guys, and then uh, when I get tired, I fly back out to California. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty good. Uh, sounds like a pretty good gig. And I saw you went to a game earlier this year for the first time in a while. Obviously, COVID not making that possible a year ago. How did that feel to to get to a baseball game? Well, it was great, you know, the, the, and one of the reasons is my granddaughter wanted to go. She's uh, three and a half years old. She loves baseball. And she says, Papa, can we go uh, see baseball? So I says, okay. So I waited for the twins to come into town to um, uh, take her. And the, 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 the funny thing is, is that that was one of the games that, that was canceled because of COVID. 
Oh, and, sure. Yeah. So then, you know, she didn't get to see uh, see a ball game, but boy, did she love those ham- those hot dogs. And, <laughs> uh, she couldn't wait to eat one or two of them. Oh, so you guys got to the game, and that was the one that was called off, unfortunately, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh. But I was able to at least say hello to the guys from the top of the dugout, you know, okay. and, and to to Rocco, the the, the manager. Yep. What what a what a strange time in uh, in baseball. If I might ask you a little bit about just the game itself right now, um, you know, you're seeing batting averages at kind of a a 50 year low. Um, a, the you know approaches to hitting a lot different than when you played the game. What are, what are your big picture thoughts on on baseball right now and how baseball is being played? Well, you know, I think it's it's different. They taught us to play the game the way uh we did by moving runners over into scoring positions and having guys steal a base and let the the other guy uh drive them in now they're not giving up any any outs to get runners into uh into scoring position like if there's a runner on second base with nobody out we were forced to either bunt him over or hit a ground ball to the uh, the uh, the opposite side of the feed field to get that run over into third third base because there's so many different ways you can you can score from third base even with uh two outs um i don't really care for the shift right i think the, the shift is overrated and and i'm disappointing in the players who don't take advantage by trying to make adjustments uh to go the other way they wouldn't. Have, um, they wouldn't have been able to shift very well against you. But how do you think you would have fared in you know in the modern game, especially if they did try to shift you? Would you have been able to beat the shift? Do you think? Well, you know, since I use the foul the the foul lines, you know, from mm-hmm. left field to right field, um, I used to hit the ball all all over. So uh, the shift wouldn't have worked with me, and I don't think they would have put the shift on anyway because <laughs> they thought that I I knew where I wanted to guide the ball, but now. Nah. It wasn't that easy. When you watch baseball today, who who are some of the players that you like to watch? Well, Mike Trout is one. Um, Albert Pujols is another. Miguel Cabrera uh, with the Detroit Tigers, mm-hmm. um, he's another one. Um, the Yankees have a couple of guys that that um, that I like. A couple of young uh, Latin guys that 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 play the game the way. They were taught how to play a game, but it's such a difference um, because today they're trying to get kids that can't hit home runs to uppercut the ball and, and make make a lot of outs in, 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 the, in the sky. Right. You know, they forgot that there are more base hits on the ground than hitting the ball in, in the air. And, um, you know, I, I could have hit home runs if I wanted to, but that wasn't my job. My job was to you know, get on base, steal a base, let Killer Brewer or Oliva drive me in. And it was all about the team. It wasn't just about the player, you know. And um, today it's it's all different. You know, it's all about the players, you know. And um, I'm, I'm not favorable about the way they're playing today. Just in terms of approach and trying to the, the the trying to hit the home runs and you know you I mean in your career you 
had, you know, especially, you know, the, the second half of your career, you had pretty much every season, you had more walks than strikeouts. These days, that'd be uh, a complete rarity. Um, you know, it seems like strikeouts aren't the uh, the taboo, the no-no that they used to be. It used to be you struck out 100 times in a year. It was a badge of shame. doesn't feel like that anymore, does it? Well, you know what? The longest walk in the baseball field is from home plate back to the dugout. <laughs> I, hate, I hated that. So, you know, I tried to minimize, you know, my strikeouts. I, I tried to uh, make sure that I could pick up some walks, and I was on base a lot uh, just so the other guys – had the opportunity to uh, drive me in. So uh, today, if you're going to hit three home runs, that's not going to do the club anything. And that's what they're teaching these kids to do, elevate the ball. You know, so they're hitting more pop-ups and they're they're striking out a lot more. And the other thing that I noticed too is that so many kids in today's game, they're guessers. Yeah. You know, they... They're guessing, you know, what the pitch is going to be instead of learning how to track the ball and then have an idea what they want to do with it. Um, I learned how to track the ball by trying to pick the ball up out of the pitcher's hands and um, then reacting to that instead of just, you know, guessing along, trying to guess along with them. Uh, Never did that. I did it once. (laughs) I had a runner at second base and he had the pitcher's signs. And he called the third base coach uh, over and, and to tell him, go tell Rod that the guy's doing this and he's doing that. And so he cut, he calls me down the third baseline and um, told me. And then the first pitch that he, that he told me about was a breaking ball that the guy's throwing his breaking ball in, you know, in this count and this position. So I went up there and I said, okay, I'm going to look for the breaking ball in, the, in this situation. Guy threw me a fastball, almost hit me in my face. <laughs> so I stopped. I just stepped out the batter's box, yelled at the third base coach, and I kind of like went emotion with, you know, under my chin, you know, like cut it out. I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna battle it my way and make the adjustments my way. It doesn't sound like you would have, uh, you wouldn't have liked the, uh, you know, the, the one of the freshest scandals in in baseball a year or two ago was was you know the sign stealing, especially using electronics, and now we're talking about pitchers using you know extra substances to you know to to doctor up the baseball, and that that you know spitballs and everything like that's been around forever. What what do you remember from from your well, era and pin pitchers doing you know pitching doing that sort of thing? I used to tell Gail Perry, you can throw it to me as much as you want. I'm just going to pick out the, the dry side and hit it on the dry side <laughs> <laughs> because he threw me a lot of them, you know, and um, I expected that to happen whenever I faced him. But, you know, it's part of the game. You know, pitchers will do different things. You know, we had pitchers that would have pieces of sandpaper in their gloves just to scuff the ball. And before I started playing, one of the big-time catchers in the in the major leagues would – just kind of clip, take the baseball and clip it on his on his uh, spikes before throwing it back to the pitcher. And it's amazing what those pitchers can do with a little neck or a little rub. And um, if if you can't control it, then you're going to hurt someone. Just like Tony Conigliaro got hit in the face that ended his career because uh, the guy that he faced that day 
threw him a spitball and couldn't control it and um, ended his career, actually. Yeah, and it's, you know, it, right, it's it's only, I guess now it's it's to more of a, an issue of what kind of substances they're using. They're using kind of more advanced stuff, and it's kind of coming to a head now with, with the Twins playing the Yankees here because Josh Donaldson has, has talked about Garrett Cole using um, using some of those things. So it's, it's part of the game, I guess. It's a, it's a gamesmanship issue, but it's also, I'm sure these hitters are getting frustrated because their batting averages are way down. Um, and I don't well, know if they it's... stop trying to hit home runs. <laughs> You know, hit the ball on the ground because we we'll always have that saying: there are more base hits on the grounds than in the air. And you said a little while ago you could have hit home runs if you wanted to. How many home runs do you think? If 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 they had said, Rod, we we want you to change your approach, you know, still you know still use the other field at times, but we really want you to to try to to hit balls out to right field in in certain counts. How many home runs do you think you would have hit? I could have hit fifteen, twenty, twenty-five home runs a year. Um, because when the twins signed me, I was more of a power hitter, mm-hmm. uh, playing and coming out of the Bronx in New York. But then they said to me that, you know, we've got six, seven guys in the lineup that can hit home runs and we want you to get on base, steal a base that the other guys drive you. And so, um, what it did for me is have me maintain my discipline and not trying to, you know, loft the ball or get under the ball and and hit fly balls. And you steal like you talked about stealing bases too. I mean you were famous for that, including stealing home. That doesn't feel like it's too much of a part of the modern game either. You know, not that players aren't fast. It's just been kind of pushed out of that territory and, you know, not deemed a valuable play. What uh you know what do you think about that? Well they're not stealing bases that much today either. And but the difference in today's game is that every pitcher, as soon as a guy gets over the third, he goes into the stretch and he, he, he holds that runner at third. They're not going through the, the full windup, which allows the base runner to, you know, come up with a timing and then steal it. So that's the big the biggest difference in, in why they're not doing it anymore. As you, a couple more things for you, Rod. Really appreciating this conversation, just talking baseball, because you know, obviously, you're one of the all-time greats, uh, especially in the you know the, the hitting side of things. As you look at this Twins roster, like you said, you've had an opportunity to work with some of these guys. Who who do you who do you like? I, I've you know I've kind of had my eye on Luis Arias as someone who you know not I don't want to put an unfair comparison on him but in some things he does his approach seems to be a little bit more aligned with the way you hit well you know I when I first met this kid in spring training you know I knew that his job was to just hit line drives keep the ball out of of the air and I worked with him at doing that trying to get him to stay on top of the ball swing down on the ball a little bit more and he was a good student you know so um as many of the games as I watch, I've seen that he's con- continued to do that. Um, and now I've seen some of the younger guys that have that they brought up because of injuries. Yeah. And and they're trying to swing up a lot. And some of them are swinging and missing, you know, too much. So, I don't know, maybe they'll, they'll change. Uh, you know, they're trying to make a big impression. And, and maybe they'll you know, change, you know, and, and, and do things better. 
Yeah, absolutely. What uh, what else is on the horizon for you, Rod? Anything uh, anything else we should know about? Well, you know, I had a book that that came out, right? And um, it's called One Tough Out, uh, which was named by Reggie Jackson because he thought that, you know, I didn't, I wasn't easy to get out as a, as a hitter, <laughs> so he named it One Tough Out, and it's it's a good book, you know. It, it just tells something about my my growing up, my career. Uh, it talks about my my daughter. It also talks about my uh, heart transplant, right? And a young man that I met that gave me this second chance. And I think it's uh, it's good reading. It's uh, it's just a good book. Well, you had an amazing life. I'm sure uh, people are going to want to read all about that. And you've got a podcast too now. Am I, am I right about that? Or you're starting a podcast? Yeah, we've, the, the podcast is going to be out probably at the end of the month. We're still doing some things to to get it going, but um, my son has brought me out of the dark ages. With all this stuff, you know? <laughs> so he really keeps me abreast. He he travels with me and um, he's really helping me out. So we're just going to have fun with it and and enjoy it and 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 meet the fans and answer questions that that they have. You know, so. Um, I'm back in baseball again. Well, I love to hear that. You've got so much to give, so much knowledge, so much history, and, and you know, so many thoughts about the modern game. Uh, Rod Carew really enjoyed having this conversation with you today, and uh, you know, best of luck with every best of luck with everything you've got going right now. Okay. Well, thanks so much for having me on, and thanks so much for giving the oppor- giving us the opportunity to voice some of the things that we've talked about. Absolutely, Rod. Take care, okay? Okay. Love chatting with Rod Carew, and I think he made a good point about hitters and their approach these days. You know, some some of it's a little bit, this is the way I played versus this is the way the game is played right now, and I think, you know, data will show that, you know, the strategy of today's game does, by and large, when it works, produces a lot more op- opportunities for offense. Um, that said, not all of what's going on right now with you know, hitters with an all-time, you know, 50-year low batting average. Not all of that is because of whatever's going on with the the ball and what the pitchers are doing with the ball. A lot of it has to do with the, the way hitters are trying to hit the ball, right? It, it has to do with the approach these days of not, not being afraid to strike out, swinging, you know, swinging to hit the ball really hard, you know, extra base hits, home runs, things like that. So his, his point was a good one that if you don't just blame the pitchers, blame the approach of the hitters. And that said, some of this kind of comes back to, the gamesmanship and the cheating that's been going on for a while, the countermeasures, you know, the steroid era, which by and large, you know, benefited both hitters and pitchers, but probably hitters more than pitchers. The sign stealing from a few years ago that definitely benefited hitters. And now you get the pitchers saying, well, this is my countermeasure. How far have they gone is probably the biggest question. And if you listened to Garrett Cole, and I got to this a little bit at the beginning, if you listened to Garrett Cole on uh, on Tuesday in advance of his start Wednesday against the Twins, and remember, he was called out by Josh Donaldson specifically. Um, you know, is is Garrett Cole, you know, does the spin rate that, that went down on Garrett Cole after the after baseball started to, to threaten to crack down on this, was this a coincidence kind of saying, uh, I don't think it was a coincidence. Garrett Cole you know, said, yeah, you know, I just didn't have as as good a stuff my last start. Well, we'll see, but it's going to be really interesting if pitchers suddenly, you know, as this crackdown happens, if the if the drop in the spin rate stays consistent, then you then you're going to know what the problem was. But 
Garrett Cole was asked specifically about spider tack. It's, it's this stuff that apparently has been kind of showing up in clubhouses. It's it's especially you know stuff that gives you a certain a special amount of uh, of movement, a special amount of spin on the ball. Let's let's put Garrett Cole in the spin in the spin zone. Let's see what his spin rating was on this quote about spider tack specifically when he was asked about that specific substance and whether he has used it. I don't know. I I, I don't know if. Uh... I don't know quite. I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, I mean, there are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players, from the last generation of players to this generation of players, and um, you know, I I think uh, I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard, and and uh, I've stood pretty stood pretty firm in, in terms of that uh in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot um you know and and i again like i mentioned earlier there's you know this is important to a lot of people that love the game and this is including including the players in this room including fans including you know teams and so if mlb wants to you know legislate some more stuff that's a conversation that we can have um because Ultimately, we should all be pulling in the same direction on this. That should be noted. I took out about five seconds of awkward silence at the beginning of that quote. You know, between the the end of the question and the start of the answer. So, add that to the awkwardness of the answer itself, and it sure does not sound like a guy who is entirely innocent, does it? Um, sounds more like a guy who has been doing something, thought that it was something that everybody else was doing. Um, maybe it is something that a lot of other people are doing. It certainly is possible that, you know, you give everybody the same amount of illegal substance and the more talented people are going to take things to a completely new level, whereas the, you know, the less talented people might, you know, might then become more of an average player, something like that. So Garrett Cole, maybe he doesn't need all of these things ultimately, but, uh, you know, to, to be, you know, to be at least a good major league pitcher, but if he has been using them, and, and you know that answer sure didn't make it sound like he hasn't been using them, does it? Sure makes it sound like he has. Um, then, then he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of searching to do, and it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of that massive contract plays out. The most interesting thing, though, is Wednesday night. Garrett Cole versus Josh Donaldson said he was. Garrett Cole said he wasn't thrilled that Josh Donaldson brought his name up. Said it was his right to do that, but. The real answer will come on the field Wednesday night. You know, probably no fireworks. You know, if you have to guess, a lot of these situations, you know, you build them up, you build them up, and then it turns out to be, you know, not as uh, not as explosive as you might think. But uh, you never know. I'll be watching for sure. It is a subplot that I want to see in Wednesday night's game. Whatever happens in tonight's game can't be much worse than what happened in Tuesday's game, by the way. 8-4 Twins lost to the Yankees. Twins were up 2-0 early. Then everything kind of fell apart. The wheels come off the bus. Yeah. Phil Miller noted in his game story some uh, some symmetry, too. Um, I'm all about symmetry in numbers, symmetry in stats. Twins 24-36 and 36 now after 60 games. That's exactly uh, 400 baseball. They were 36-24, and 24, the exact uh, flip of that record last year in that shortened 60 game season. So, if you're looking for uh, if if you're looking for the difference, it's completely the opposite. The the wins have become the losses. The losses have become wins, 
and uh, the Twins are 13 games out of first place right now and falling fast. Let's end with the cooler. Nikola Jokic from the Denver Nuggets wins NBA MVP award. Second round pick um, of the Nuggets back in 2014. Came to the team a year later. Was a rookie. The same class, same rookie class as Carl Anthony Towns and um, and D'Angelo Russell, even though he was drafted a year earlier because he played overseas another year before making his uh, debut in the NBA. But just a guy who's steadily, steadily improved and then took his game to a completely new level this year. And I saw floating around on Twitter, his, his, when he was drafted because it was a second-round pick, a Taco Bell commercial was playing in the background. It was kind of one of those things where it's like, we're going to go to commercial, but we're still doing the draft. Nikola Jokic was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. Like, that tells you how far this guy has come in this league. And it kind of just shows you it doesn't really matter where you're drafted. You can become an, an MVP in the league. It's, it's rare, but this can happen. So you know, don't throw away your second-round picks. They might become MVPs. And certainly pay attention to those Taco Bell commercials. That'll do it for today. Good stuff coming up the rest of the week. I'll have Rachel Blount on a Thursday show to talk all things Olympics. So many Olympic trials coming up. Rachel does a great job covering all that for the Star Tribune. I think Lavelle Neal III will be on Friday's show, columnist at the Star Tribune, talk about a whole bunch of things. So that's some some stuff to look forward to. I think we're going to hear from Kirk Cousins sometime Wednesday too, so we'll do some of that on Thursday's show as well. Thanks for joining me here today on Daily Delivery. Always, 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 I implore you, download this podcast, write a review, subscribe to Star Tribune, startribune.com, and we'll see you again on Thursday.